What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Yankees, your daily podcast covering the New York Yankees. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can listen and follow for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can play Locked On Yankees on your smart speakers by saying, play podcast Locked On Yankees. You can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, and you can email questions or comments to LockedOnNYY at gmail.com. I am your host, Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm an author of Baseball Prospectus, and I run their local Yankee site, BP Bronx. I have been a Yankee fan since I came into the world 44 years and one day ago, and today's confession is that I've only attended one game this season so far, which is very strange for me because I used to have partial season tickets and would attend at least 20 a year, sometimes even 30. So the fact that it's August 27th and I've only attended Old Timers Day, it's just it doesn't feel right. So I'm hoping to get to a game sometime soon because the Yankees finish the season on the road and their homestands aren't as long as the previous one that was 11 games. So I got to get there soon. In today's episode, we're going to review this weekend's four-game sweep against the Orioles. I will be apologizing to a certain player who shall remain nameless for now, but if you've been listening to this podcast, you can guess who the player is. We'll look ahead to the series against the White Sox, and we'll catch up on what's going on around the rest of the league. So grab a drink, maybe grab a bite to eat, and relax, because we have a lot to discuss today. So first on today's docket, the overall sweep of the Orioles. I'll admit I was pleasantly surprised. Because with the way the Yankees have been playing the Orioles this season, I was thinking they'd win two out of four or three out of four. I I honestly wasn't expecting a sweep. And I know the Orioles have lost 94 games this season, and they've only won 37. But six of those wins were against the Yankees, and strange things can happen. Speaking of that, suddenly the Yankees have a new legend in their midst. Luke Voigt, who had quite a weekend, (laughs) so much so that people were chanting his name in Camden Yards. Can you imagine? He had five home runs heading into this weekend against the Orioles. Five home runs in 143 career at-bats. And over the weekend, he homered in three at-bats in 10 at-bats overall. So three out of 10 were home runs. That's just crazy. Overall, he went six for 10. He drew three walks. He scored four runs to go along with those three homers. And big thanks to Coley Harvey of ESPN for this nugget. Voigt's OPS went from 592 to 1.025 by the time the series ended. And yes, that's a small sample size, but... That's the mark of quite a weekend for Voigt. And he got a home run call from John Sterling. I believe the call was Voigt is adroit, which means he's clever with his hands. So I don't know. I guess whatever. Sterling likes matching people's names, no matter what the words actually mean. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of big weekends, Miguel Andujar 
he's just tearing things up. He hit, he had four hits in the doubleheader alone. And he entered last night's game with a batting line of 300, 333, and 526. And uh, last night, he had three hits in his first three at-bats, which included the two-out, two-run double that gave the Yankees the 4 nothing lead in the third. He's leading the rookie stats in nearly every category, and he's tied for the rookie lead in home runs with 21. Now, another thing that the Yankees did, aside from just winning the four games against Baltimore, I have to thank James Smythe over at Yes. He does research for them. You sometimes may see him in the booth sitting behind the broadcasters. So this is a strange stat from stats.com that Smythe unearthed. Since saves became official in 1969, this is the first time that the Yankees have won straight games with a different pitcher recording a save in each one. So Zach Britton, Luis Sessa, Dylan Batances, and David Robertson. Now I know it's against Baltimore, but like I said earlier, they've had issues with Baltimore. So this was a nice refreshing change and it shows that the Yankees' bullpen can handle the loss of Aroldis Chapman, at least for a little bit. And as for the starters, Sabathia had a really strong start in his first appearance coming off the DL. He pitched six innings. He only gave up two runs on five hits. He walked two, and he struck out eight. I'm happy to say that I did not jinx J.A. Happ and that he's still undefeated as a Yankee. Thanks to Saturday's afternoon win against the Orioles. Sonny Gray had a great performance on Saturday night, Saturday night, but we'll talk about that more in a bit. And Luis Severino, while still not as dominant as he was early in the season, and he's still struggling a bit with his mechanics, he won his 17th game of the season on Sunday night. And it's the most victories for a Yankee starter since Sabathia won 19 way back in 2011. So thanks to this sweep against the lowly Orioles, the Yankees are finding themselves right back into the AL East division race because Tampa swept Boston this weekend and Boston has lost six out of eight. So the Yankees have gone from being 10 and a half games out of first place just 10 days ago to being six games back, five in the loss column today. So don't count the Yankees out. Stranger things have happened. And we'll see how that goes. Up next, I owe a Yankee player an apology. And you probably guess who it is. But first, okay, here it goes. I, Stacy Gotsoulias, would like to formally apologize to Sonny Gray for having so little faith in him. Of course, who could blame me after the way he's pitched so far this season? 
I just assumed the second game of Saturday's doubleheader would be a loss, not only just because of Gray, but because the Yankees don't sweep doubleheaders. In fact, until Saturday, they hadn't swept a doubleheader since 2014. It was over a span of 10 of them. So you can't blame me <laughs> for for being negative about Saturday night's game, but back to Gray, he was he was resplendent. I love that word, but he really was. He pitched 6 and a third, so he went into the 7th inning. He only gave up 3 hits, walked run, one run, and struck out 7 batters. And I know it's the Orioles, I know that they're awful, and I know that he's had success against them in Camden Yards. However, Gray's performance helped the Yankees gain ground against the Red Sox, and it seemed to have boosted his confidence, or maybe he's already had this confidence and just hasn't expressed it. But after the game, he told reporters, if I could go out and throw the ball like that, I can get anybody out. Then he added, I know I can get anybody out. And then this was my favorite line of his interview. I'm one of the best starting pitchers in this league, and I truly believe that. And I think it's this belief that will continue to keep me moving forward and keep me to have success from here on out. Now, that is quite a bold statement. But if you look at Gray's numbers when he was with the A's, He posted a 2.88 ERA over 491 innings from 2013 to 2015. And in 16 starts last season, he had a 3.43 ERA. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he can still become one of the best starters in the league or pitch like one of the best starters in the league. And he's still only 28 years old. You know, it's not like he's a 35-year-old saying this stuff. (laughs) And he doesn't have, like, thousands of innings on his arm, like, say, a Felix Hernandez or something like that, you know? And Gray actually revealed how his demotion to the bullpen has actually helped him, both as a pitcher and a person, because he says that, There's really nowhere to go. You're pretty much stuck in the bullpen for nine innings. And he said that being able to talk with some of the best pitchers in the game and to hear their mindsets and everything that goes into it, it meaning, I guess, how they pitch. He said it's different being in the bullpen, but he knows he wants to be a starter in this league still. And he says he's learned a lot from the guys in the bullpen. Now, Aaron Boone said that Gray would be going back into the bullpen, but he he may be able to make the rotation again if maybe Lance Lynn sputters a bit. But if Gray can provide the Yankees with good pitching down the stretch, that'll be a very big boost for them. Another big boost is the return of Gary Sanchez and Didi Gregorius to the lineup. And the Yankees expect them to be back a week from now. So just in time for them to go out West and play the A's and the Mariners 
on the road. That will be a very big boost because those series are not going to be easy. The A's are doing incredibly since I think the beginning of July. And the Mariners are hanging in there in the second wild card race, but the Yankees could really deal a big blow if they win that series and Seattle is too far out. So the Yankees can actually play spoiler in those two series. If they beat the A's, maybe two out of three and beat the Mariners two out of three, you know, that could set the A's back in the AL West division race. So let's cross fingers, toes, eyes, legs, everything that the Yankees can have a good six games out West. And here's my quick preview of the series against the White Sox, which starts tonight in Yankee Stadium. The Yankees swept them out in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. They should sweep them this week, but we'll see. And Masahiro Tanaka is starting tonight. Hopefully, he'll be able to keep the ball in the ballpark, and the Yankees will win their fifth game in a row and gain a half game on the Sox because they're not playing tonight. Their series against the Marlins is similar to what the Yankees series was last week. Two games in Miami. So yeah, let's let's hope the Yankees continue on their winning ways. They should. The White Sox are not good and they're playing at home. So next up, we will be taking a look around baseball and we'll see what was the big news of the weekend. But first, so here are the big baseball stories from this past weekend. First up, we have Kendris Morales, who's been on a tear of late, and he's hit a home run in seven straight games. His home run on Sunday, which happened to be in a loss against the Phillies, broke a Blue Jays franchise record, which was sent by, set, set by Jose Cruz Jr. way back in 2001. As for the Major League record, he's one shy. Ken Griffey Jr., Don Mattingly, and Dale Long all hit eight home runs in eight straight games. I remember Mattingly's streak vividly, even though it was 31 years ago. But it was so much fun to watch. And, you know, Blue Jays fans are probably going through the same thing, watching Morales on this streak. And the Jays had a five-game winning streak while Morales kept leaving the park, but it ended yesterday against the Phillies. And speaking of streaks, the Cubs are undefeated since adding Daniel Murphy to the lineup. They're 5-0 and since placing Murphy in the leadoff spot, and they're now a season-high 23 games over 500. On Sunday, Murphy was 2-for-4 with a walk. And so far, since coming over to the Cubs from the Nationals, he's batting 391, so that's 9-for-23 with two home runs and five RBIs. And yes, it's a small sample size, but, you know, sometimes a team acquires someone who sparks their offense, and that seems to be what Murphy's doing for the Cubs. So, in oh, in news that affects the Yankees, the Rays completed a sweep of the, de- Reds, the Dead Sox. Pardon me. <laughs> that was a slip. 
a sweep of the Red Sox down in Tampa on Sunday afternoon, which means Boston is now 0 for 6 while wearing Players Weekend jerseys, which is such an odd stat, but it is kind of funny. And I didn't realize this until I saw a tweet from Pete Abraham, who's a Red Sox beat writer. Um, After their loss on Saturday, he said they're 0 for 5 in the players' weekend jerseys. And I was like, wow, that's kind of strange. And then when they lost yesterday, they became 0 for 6. Meanwhile, the Yankees seem to love playing in their players' weekend jerseys. And they do really well. And they look like they're having a lot of fun. So the Red Sox are in a bit of a swoon. As I said earlier, they've lost six out of their last eight, but coming up, they have five games against the Marlins and the White Sox. So they'll be back to their winning ways in no time. Matt Carpenter hit four doubles in a 12-3 win over the Rockies on Sunday, and he now has 34 home runs and 38 doubles on the season, which puts him with a share at the top of both categories. And no National League player has finished leading in those two categories since Willie Stargell 45 years ago in 1973. That is some some stretch. Wow. The Diamondbacks are back in the lead in the NL, NL West, thanks to a win over the Mariners on Sunday. And Paul Goldschmidt hit his 30th home run of the season. And after starting slow, like the Diamondbacks did, he's hit 25 home runs in his last 80 games. And he's collected 63 RBIs. And the Diamondbacks have a stretch of games. They're going to San Francisco, and then they're playing against the Dodgers, who were two and a half in back of them. So... That should be a fun race to watch. Now, there's some bad news for the A's. Sean Manaya has been placed on the 10-day DL with a shoulder impingement. And he's been solid this year for the A's. He's a 12-9 record, a 3.59 ERA. He's started 27 games this season. And he has 32 walks in... 160 and two-thirds inning pitched. And he has 80 strikeouts to go along with those 32 walks. So that's a pretty nice ratio right there. The A's recalled Emilio Pagan from AAA. And so far this season, he's 3-0 with a 3.71 ERA for Oakland. Uh, He's pitched 53 and a third. And he has... 53 strikeouts and 15 walks. So hopefully for the A's, he will fit in nicely in the rotation and I guess keep them on their winning ways, even though they're scary. (laughs) They're really scary. They came out of nowhere. I mean, name five current A's players. I mean, I can, but can you? (laughs) Okay, so finally, this is my thing for the last little segment of the final segment. If you have time today, go and take a look at the National League's overall standings and just see 
how many teams are within striking range of the NL Central and NL West division leads and the two wild cards. If it continues on this kind of way with all of these teams playing within two to three games of each other, there's a good chance that September will be one hell of a ride for a good chunk of the National League. And it will be so much fun to watch. I'm hoping for total chaos. I'm hoping for play-in games that determine who get to, who gets to play in the wild card game. Like I just want I want games 163 in two divisions. I just want chaos. I think it would be so much fun. And no, I don't want that to happen to the Yankees. I only want it to happen in the National League. So thank you for listening. This is Locked On Yankees, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and you can follow me on Twitter at Stace Gots, S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S. And once again, you can email us questions or comments at LockedOnNYY at gmail.com or tweet us at Locked On Yankees. You can also rate this podcast on Apple and on Google Podcasts. And if you could be so kind, spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd love to have an influx of new listeners. Have a great day, everyone.